Hello, and welcome to Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take a character, real or imagined, and I turn them into a D&D character. My name is Zach Katz, and I am a big fan of Dungeons & Dragons. I've been a dungeon master for a few years now, uh, and have been in a bunch of campaigns, and just know a lot about D&D, so I thought it would be fun for me to just have more D&D in my life. Uh, so we'll be talking about a character, giving them stats, what will their highest be, what will their lowest be, different skills, class, background, race, all the fun stuff of uh, turning a, a character into a fantasy D&D character. So let's get started. This episode, I wanted to start with Zeus, uh, the king of the heavens, the ruler of Mount Olympus, uh, the Storm Lord. I don't know if he's ever called that, but it's a tight title, so that's what I'm going to call him. Uh, and I thought it would be fun to start with a very powerful being and imagine them as a level one D&D character. Uh, so let's start with that. So first, let's think of background. I don't know why, but let's start there. Uh, I thought about it a bit, and I was thinking maybe Sage or Hermit. Uh, he did spend, you know, the beginning of his life tucked away in a cave, so his father, Kronos, could not devour him like he did Zeus's siblings. Uh, but I decided to go with Acolyte, because y you get a proficiency in religion with Acolyte, and it just sounds right for me to have a god be proficient in religion. Call me crazy. But it just seems right. Uh, an acolyte says, You have spent your life in the service of a temple to a specific god or pantheon of gods. And as a god and leader of a pantheon of gods, it just sounds very accurate. So he's going to get skill proficiencies in insight and religion and two languages of my choice. And we'll talk about languages later. Next, we will discuss race. So for race, my... <laughs> Personally, my favorite race is very boring. It's just a human variant uh, so that you can start with a feat, which I think is a little overpowered because starting with a feat is incredible. Uh, of course, it's also of my opinion that it's hard to be overpowered in D&D because your DM can just make things harder for you. So I was thinking maybe something that could fly like an Aarakocra. Aarakocra? Aarakocra? One of those, uh, or maybe something just, like, ripped, like a minotaur. Uh, and he has, you know, turned into a bull so that he could have sex with people. So I don't think that would be too far off. Uh, maybe an air genasi, because he can fly, uh, and he'll get mingle with the wind so he can cast levitate, which would be fun. Hmm... I think I'm going to go with Asimar. Uh, Asimar bear within their souls the light of the heavens. It says they're descended from humans with a touch of the power of Mount Celestia, but we can we can play around with it. So he'll get plus two to charisma. Their size is medium. Their speed is 30 feet, which I think is the standard speed. And has dark vision. Blessed with a radiant soul, your vision can easily cut through darkness. That's fun. Uh, he also has Celestial Resistance, so he'll have resistance to necrotic damage and radiant damage. Uh, I don't 
neither of those are incredibly common, but it just, again, feels right for a god to have resistance to necrotic and radiant damage. He has healing hands, so as an action, you can touch a creature and cause it to regain a number of hit points equal to your level. That can be used once per long rest, but that is a awesome ability to have. Uh, he also knows the light cantrip, can speak, read, and write common, and celestial. Again, having a god speak celestial just sounds right. Now, sub-race, maybe protector, no, scourge. Okay, yes, yes, definitely scourge Asimar. Uh, he'll get an additional plus one to constitution, so plus two to charisma, plus one to constitution, and get the ability Radiant Consumption. Uh, so starting at third level, you can use your action to unleash the divine energy within yourself, causing a searing light to radiate from you, pour out of your eyes and mouth, and threaten to char you. Transformation lasts for one minute or until you end it as a bonus action. During it, you shed bright light in a 10-foot radius and dim light for an additional 10 feet. And at the end of each of your turns, you and each creature within 10 feet of you take radiant damage equal to half your level, rounded up. In addition, once on each of your turns, you can deal extra radiant damage to one target when you deal damage to it with an attack or a spell, and the extra radiant damage equals your level, and that can also be used once per long rest. That seems right, uh, if you are not familiar with mythology, or are familiar with mythology but don't know. So the story goes that uh, this woman, Samil, Semele, I am terrible with pronunciation, uh, she got pregnant by Zeus uh, and Hera, Zeus's wife and sister, different time, did not like that. So she found out that she was pregnant with Dionysus, disguised herself as an old woman, and acted like she did not believe Samil when she said she was pregnant with Zeus's child. So Samil also had some reason to doubt because gods could not appear to a mortal in their divine form, they would be destroyed. So since Samil now was unsure and wanted people to believe that you know, she was bearing Zeus's child. She wanted Zeus to reveal himself. Uh, Zeus said, mm, no, that will destroy you. And she said, yeah, but do it though. Uh, so he revealed his true form to her, destroyed her, and she died while still pregnant with his son. So Zeus took the child, uh, rescued the baby, sewed him into his leg, uh, and then the baby was born a few days later, uh, and that's how Dionysus was born, the god of, of wine and celebration, uh, later Bacchus to the Romans. That's where we get the term Bacchanalia. There, you learned something. Uh, so I think the radiant consumption, uh, searing light radiating from you, threatening to char you, is an actual thing that the Greek gods do. So I think that's very fitting. So we have Zeus, background, acolyte, race, scourge, Asimar. Uh, let's roll for stats. So I was going to use standard array so that every, you know, character on Fantasize Me kind of starts with the same stats, but it's D&D. &D. Rolling is so much of the game. Uh, and the kind of chance that comes with it. So I rolled for it. I got a 17, a 10, 8, 
15, 13, 14, which is pretty good. Oh, and those who don't know, uh, when rolling for stats, you roll a d6, so a six-sided die, four times, and then drop the lowest number. Then you add the three remaining numbers together, and that's how you get one of the six stats. And the six stats are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So I think charisma should be his highest, because if you know nothing else about Zeus, know that he gets around. I just told you a story about him impregnating someone who was not his wife. Uh, that was kind of his his MO, his go-to, was just finding beautiful women and, you know, occasionally turning into, like, a bull or a swan something to secretly have sex with them, get them pregnant without his wife knowing. Uh, but his wife very smart and pretty much always found out. So I think his charisma is going to be a 17. But with the plus two he gets from being a Scourge Asimar, that's going to become a 19, which is a plus four modifier. The next highest number is 15. I think I'm going to put that in Constitution because Zeus just seems hardy because he's a god. Uh, so 15, and he gets a plus one from being a Scourge Asimar, so that's going to be a constitution of 16, which is a plus three modifier. Next highest is 14. I'm going to put that into strength. Uh, just, just because every picture I've seen of Zeus, he's just completely shredded and like, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he invented protein powder. So his strength is going to be a 14, which is a plus two. Next highest is 13. I think that should go to wisdom. Because in my opinion, Zeus seems more wise than he is intelligent. Uh, dexterity is going to be 10 because he isn't not fast. Uh, being the god of of lightning, he just seems like he would be quick. But I think the other stats are more important to him than dexterity, which means intelligence will be eight, which is a minus one modifier. That's okay. We just won't use intelligence. Maybe we will. I haven't decided. So because he's a Scourge Asimar, he speaks common and celestial, but he gets two more languages from being an acolyte. So I am going to say Sylvan and infernal, because why not? In my experience, languages in D&D don't come up super often, and he's a sorcerer, so he can just learn a spell to comprehend languages, like the spell, comprehend languages. Let me just double check, because it would be really embarrassing if sorcerers could not learn comprehend languages. They can. Wonderful. So now that we have his stats, a 14 in strength, 10 in dexterity, 16 in constitution, 8 in intelligence, 13 in wisdom, and 19 in charisma, we can pick a class. So let's do that. All right. So picking a class, his highest stat is charisma. And he is the 
you know, god of lightning and storms, and there just so happens to be a sorcerer subclass called Storm Sorcery, uh, which is a pretty cool kind of lightning, thunder, and wind flavor for a sorcerer. And sorcerers use charisma as their spellcasting modifiers. You would want a high charisma in that. So let's start with a first level storm sorcery sorcerer. I would say that 10 times fast, but I don't want to and also don't think I can. So what's good about sorcerer is you have proficiency in constitution saving throws, which is good for a spellcaster to have. Uh, so you can better maintain concentration on your spells. Uh, at first level, gets proficiency with daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs. As a spellcaster, you're probably gonna, not going to use those. Uh, so saving throws and constitution and charisma. Right now his proficiency bonus is plus two. So he's only a first level character. So he will have a plus five to constitution saving throws and plus six to charisma saving throws, which is pretty dang good. Uh, he will also get two more skills to be proficient in uh, because of him being an acolyte. He's already proficient in insight and religion. And I am now realizing I wanted him to be good at religion, but that skill uses intelligence. So he has a minus one to intelligence and plus two because of his proficiency. So he only has plus one to religion, but that's okay. He doesn't, he never seemed uh, reading the stories like he was actually great at the whole religious aspect of it. Uh, he mostly left that to the other gods while he, I don't know, flooded the world. So he can choose two skills from Arcana, Deception, Intimidation, or Persuasion, because he's already proficient in Insight and Religion, which are the other two options. So I think Intimidation is really good because he is not opposed to threatening to blast you with lightning. And I am going to say Deception, because I think Zeus is more deceptive than he is persuasive, turning into animals or other people and lying about who he is. Deception seems like it would come in handy more so than persuasion. So as a first level storm sorcery sorcerer, he gets wind speaker. Uh, so he can speak, read, and write primordial. Uh, so knowing this language allows you to understand and be understood by those who speak its dialects, which are Aquan, Auron, Ignan, and Terran, which is just a fancy way of saying, like, Aquan is water people, Auron is wind people, Ignan is fire people, and Terran is earth people, or elementals, rather. Also gets tempestuous magic. So starting at first level, you can use a bonus action on your turn to cause whirling gusts of elemental air to briefly surround you immediately before or after you cast a spell of first level or higher. Doing so allows you to fly up to 10 feet without provoking opportunity attacks. So that gives us kind of that uh, air genasi flavor I wanted of being able to like levitate and move through the air uh, at first level, which is great. All right, at second level, I... I'm going to have him multi-class. Multi-classing at second level, but Zach, that's insane. <laughs> Shut up. It's fine. Uh, there is a cleric subclass called the Tempest Domain that I think is very fitting uh, for this build. 
Uh, clerics use wisdom as their spellcasting modifier, and he only has a plus one to wisdom, but that's not really what we're going to use it for. This will just give him some healing, which helps. Uh, as a Scourge Asimar, he has a little bit of healing built in, uh, but just being able to, you know, cast Cure Wounds or bonus action healing word uh, can give a lot more versatility and survivability for a squishy character like a Sorcerer. Uh, it also gives him bonus proficiencies with martial weapons and heavy armor. So that way you can have a sorcerer that's a little bit more armored, a little harder to hit, and will get a little bit of extra health as well. So at first level with this subclass, the Tempest Domain, he'll get the Fog Cloud spell and Thunder Wave. He also gets Wrath of the Storm. So at first level, you can thunderously rebuke attackers. When a creature within five feet of you that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to cause the creature to make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes 2d8 lightning or thunder damage, your choice, on a failed saving throw and half as much damage on a successful one. Uh, so you can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, so only once uh, per long rest, but I think having a reaction is good. I, I have some players that just don't have reactions outside of opportunity attacks. So getting one built in at first level, I think is pretty fun. Uh, third level, going with another cleric level. And this is where a really cool ability will come in. At second level as a cleric, you get channel divinity. So you can use your channel divinity in the Tempest Domain subclass for destructive wrath. You can wield the power of the storm with unchecked ferocity, which is exactly what we want for Zeus. So when you roll lightning or thunder damage, you can use your channel divinity to automatically deal maximum damage instead of rolling. That is so cool. So if he gets hit by an attacker, he can use Wrath of the Storm, that reaction to rebuke them, to automatically deal 16 damage. At third level, that's pretty substantial. Uh, that particular example will become less useful as they level up and opponents will have more and more HP. But for third level, pretty damn good. At fourth level, I think we're going to return to the Sorcerer. Uh, so second level, he gets the Font of Magic and now has two sorcery points. Can't do too much with those yet. Third level, he's going to get Metamagic. So the metamagics I think would make sense for him to pick are our quickened spell to kind of reflect his speed and ferocity and also empowered spell, obviously. Uh, so quickened spell, when you cast a spell that has a casting time of one action, you can spend two sorcery points to change the casting time to one bonus action for this casting. So that's awesome. So that means he could cast uh, Shatter, and then use two sorcery points to cast a cantrip as a bonus action, because you can't cast two spells per turn or use two spell slots. Uh, and sorcerers have an amount of sorcery points equal to their levels. Right now he has three. At fourth level, he will get an ability score modifier, and I think we should just max out that charisma as soon as we can. So Charisma is now plus five, and 
Wisdom's at 13, so we can change Wisdom to 14. Give him a plus two modifier, and that means he will have two uses of Wrath of the Storm. So that's fun for us. Uh, that also means he now has plus seven to Deception, which, again, just seems really fitting for him. Don't get me wrong, I like Zeus, he's fine in an abstract sort of way. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fine. And I think, I think the rest of the levels are just going to be Sorcerer. I don't think we're gonna dip into Cleric again. Uh, I think the Channel Divinity is kind of the important thing that we were going for. And though you can only use the Channel Divinity once at second level, it's still really powerful. Uh, in addition, with that heavy armor proficiency, uh, those that dip into Cleric is, is going to give us the ability to have a spellcaster that stands on the front lines, which seems like something Zeus would do, kind of wade into combat and just blast everything apart with thunder step or thunder wave or shatter, just dealing a ton of thunder and lightning damage to large groups of people. Uh, lightning bolt, obviously. So at sixth level, but eighth overall, he gains another sorceress origin feature, and that is Heart of the Storm. So at sixth level, you gain resistance to lightning and thunder damage. Perfect. In addition, whenever you start casting a spell of first level or higher that deals lightning or thunder damage, stormy magic erupts from you. This eruption causes creatures of your choice that you can see within 10 feet to take lightning or thunder damage, choose each time this ability activates, equal to your sorcerer level, which right now is six. So if he does wade into combat, which he can do with the armor from the cleric and the proficiency and constitution saving throws for concentration, should he have a concentration spell up, he can just get right into a bunch of enemies, cast a spell with a good radius like shatter, and then also have them take an additional six thunder damage around him. Also at six level, he gains the ability Storm Guide. So the ability to subtly control the weather around you, and since he's the god of storms and weather, how perfect. So if it's raining, he can use an action to cause the rain to stop falling in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on you, and then end that effect as a bonus action. So then that's so cool. Oh, it's pouring on old Zeus. Well, he can just stop that nonsense and stay dry. If it's windy, he can use a bonus action each round to choose the direction that the wind blows in a 100-foot radius sphere centered on you. And um, the wind blows in that direction until the end of your next turn. And this doesn't alter the speed of the wind. That's just like a dope thing, uh, roll initiative, and then immediately the wind just starts billowing around him, his uh, toga whipping in the breeze. It's beautiful, it's sexy, it's wow, it's now. Very hip, very chic, very Zeus. At 8th level, he gets another ability score improvement, but I think we should pick a feat for him. He doesn't have any feats yet, uh, and feats are kind of just if you don't know, they're cool abilities that you can take uh, instead of an ability score improvement or an ASI. So let's see, what do we think he would be good with? I am looking right now at Elemental Adept. 
So when you gain this feat, choose one of the following damage types, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder, and spells you cast ignore resistance to damage of the chosen type. In addition, when you roll damage for a spell you cast that deals damage of that type, you can treat any one on a damage die as a two. So that's awesome. Uh, that's kind of uh, a bit of what the metamagic empowered spell can do, re-rolling damage die. Uh, this won't work on abilities like Wrath of the Storm. It just works on spells uh, like like Thunder Wave or Lightning Bolt. But I think we're going to go with Lightning, a Lightning Elemental Adept. So now spells he casts ignores resistance to lightning damage. So we can just blast them with their full power. And I think that's very powerful. Again, very chic. I, I, I know what that word means, I swear. The next thing comes at 10th level. He learns a new metamagic. So we already have empowered spell and quickened spell. So I think... Another one he would pick is, I think, Heightened Spell. I think Heightened Spell is good. So for the spell Lightning Bolt, uh, the creature has to make a dexterity saving throw. And if he uses Heightened Spell, he can spend three sorcery points to give one target of the spell disadvantage on the first saving throw made against the spell. So he can cause them to potentially fail and take full damage. And even if they're resistant, because he has the elemental adept for lightning, they'll take full damage anyway. And he can use his channel divinity to have them automatically take 48 lightning damage. And that's, that's fun. This is a, not even a glass cannon, because he, he's fairly sturdy, but just a, just a cannon. But instead of cannonballs, and it shoots lightning and the, yeah a lightning cannon there's got to be a better word for it there's not i checked so next at 12th level is ability score improvement and i think we're just gonna go elemental adept again and choose thunder so this way nothing he fights can benefit from resistance to lightning and thunder and i think all of his spells are a majority of his damaging spells are going to be lightning and thunder because it's Zeus. What else is he going to do? At 14th level, he gets another sorceress origin feature, Storm's Fury. So when he's hit by a melee attack, he can use his reaction to deal lightning damage to the attacker. And that sounds a bit like Wrath of the Storm. So Wrath of the Storm, when a creature within five feet of you that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use a reaction to have them make a dexterity saving throw, and they'll take 2d8 lightning or thunder damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful one, and you can use that an amount of times equal to your wisdom modifier, which I'll remind you is two. So he'll be able to use it twice per long rest. But with the Storm's Fury, when he's hit by a melee attack and uses his reaction, the damage just equals your sorcerer level. So they don't make any sort of saving throw you don't roll for damage, they just take 14 damage automatically, which is so cool, and it's lightning damage, so they can't be resistant to it because of your elemental adept. The attacker must also make a strength saving throw against your sorcerer spell DC. And at this level, 
you have a plus five to proficiency bonus and plus five to charisma. They'll have to make a strength saving throw of 18 and on a failed save, they're pushed in a straight line up to 20 feet away from you. I just think that's such a cool visual. Zeus standing there in this gleaming armor. Uh, someone dares to hit him with a sword and he just blasts them with lightning and throws them away from him. That's so cool. That's so fun to imagine. Uh, next, at 16th level in Sorcerer, right now he's 18th level overall, but in 16th level in Sorcerer, gain another ability score improvement. And I think we are going to use this. Uh, I think we're just going to increase Constitution to 18, uh, which will give him more health. Uh, at this point, it'll give him an additional 18 hit points. Uh, so that definitely plays into the idea we have of him wading into combat and smiting his enemies. Speaking of smiting, I did think about Paladin, because uh, Thunderous Smite is, sounds like something Zeus should be able to do. But I think we've kind of gotten that energy from Storm's Fury, uh, the, the reaction where he can just blast people away from him. At 17th level, he gets a fourth metamagic ability. I think the last one he should have is Distance Spell. So when you cast a spell that has a range of five feet or greater, you can spend one sorcery point to double the range of the spell. So when you cast a spell that has a range of touch, you can spend one sorcery point to make the range of the spell 30 feet. So I know I talked a lot about Zeus wading into combat and just turning everyone to ash pretty tight, but also the idea of Zeus just watching a horde come closer to him and him just staying away from them and blasting them with lightning is very appealing. And with distant spell, uh, giving doubling the range is very cool. The six level spell chain lightning, which he should definitely have, has a range of 150 feet. So with this distant spell, it could have a range of 300 feet. And he just blasts an arc of lightning and then bolts leap from the first target to as many as three other targets within 30 feet. So he can just, from 300 feet away, just, oh, oh, it's so cool. I want to play this character. I don't know when I would ever play a character that got to 18th level, but that that's not the point of this. The point is just to you know, describe what kind of D&D &D class and character Zeus would be. And it's one that destroys, which is fun. I uh, mentioned the story of Zeus flooding the world. This is like the same thing, except instead of a flood, it's just a flurry of lightning and a cacophony of thunder and the obfuscation of having everyone you know turn to ash in front of you. And that's just fun. Next is... An 18th level sorcerer, which is a 20th level, the final level of Zeus, he gets the sorceress origin feature, Wind Soul, which is why there are a lot of reasons I picked Storm Sorcery subclass for sorcerer, but this one, this last, uh, this last feature just spoke to me. So he'll gain immunity to lightning and thunder damage. Perfect. So he has an immunity to lightning and thunder, and then as a Scourge Asimar, resistance to radiant and necrotic. 
He also gains a magical flying speed of 60. There it is. So now Zeus can fly and all is right with the world. As an action, you can reduce your flying speed to 30 feet for one hour and choose a number of creatures within 30 feet of you equal to three plus your charisma modifier. So that would be eight creatures within 30 feet of you. And the chosen creatures will gain a magical flying speed of 30 feet for an hour. And once you reduce your flying speed in this way, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest, but that's fine. So Zeus can be chilling with his buds, they're getting attacked, and he can just make them all fly without expending a spell slot. He can make eight creatures fly, not as fast as the actual fly spell, but damn, that's cool. Zeus can just fly around now, shooting... Oh, yeah. oh, it's so satisfying. I'm, I'm really into this. I don't know if any of you are, but I'm like creaming my jorts over this. It's so good. Uh, and that's, that's Zeus. That's him. Uh, first level storm sorcery sorcerer to get the proficiency in constitution. Then two levels as a tempest domain cleric to get that awesome channel divinity ability and proficiency with heavy armor and a little bit more health. Sorcerers use a d6 or a six-sided die for their health. Clerics use a d8 or an eight-sided die. So it's not much more health, but it can be substantial when you're only third level. And then the rest of them, the other 17 levels, will be in Storm Sorcery Sorcerer and just get cool ability after cool ability. Uh, two feats, both elemental adept, so that he can ignore targets' resistances to lightning and thunder, as well as treat any one as a two on a damage die when he casts a thunder or lightning spell. So his ending stats were strength, 14, dexterity, 10, constitution, 18, intelligence, 8, wisdom, 14, charisma, 20. For skill proficiencies, he has a plus 11 to deception, plus 8 to insight, plus 11 to intimidation, and plus 5 to religion. <laughs> we, we got that religion in there. I, I shoehorned it in. Uh, the languages he knows are common, celestial, sylvan, infernal, and primordial. His saving throws strength plus 2, dexterity plus 0, constitution plus 10, intelligence minus one, wisdom plus one, charisma plus 11. Some notes. I did the elemental adept for thunder. Another idea I had was to have it be warcaster. That's a feat I think just every spellcaster should have. It's a really great feat, but since I was going in this build mostly for damage, elemental adept seemed more fitting. But just to let you know and keep you informed, Warcaster will give you advantage on those constitution saving throws to maintain concentration on a spell. So that's why I did a level in Sorcerer first to get that constitution saving throw proficiency bonus. This would give you advantage on those. You can also perform the somatic components of spells even when you have weapons or a shield in one or both hands. So that would mean I... As a DM, don't worry too much about somatic components, which are 
if you don't know, somatic components are, you know, waving your hands around or making arcane signs like Doctor Strange or like <laughs> Naruto, essentially. Uh, so you can do those if you have weapons or a shield in one or both hands. Also, when a hostile creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack from you, you can use your reaction to cast a spell at the creature rather than making an opportunity attack. The problem is the spell must have a casting time of one action and must target only that creature. And that's another reason why I didn't take Warcaster is my idea of Zeus. He has most of his attacks or most of his powerful spells that he learns as a sorcerer target groups of enemies. And also thinking about it, if you do have a spellcaster, especially a sorcerer that can target groups of en enemies, it might be a good idea to pick the metamagic option careful spell. So you can kind of sculpt the spell around your allies and give them a automatically have them succeed on the saving throw. So they automatically take half damage when they're in the range of your spell that targets a lot of enemies. I didn't do that because that's not really what I was going for here. I just wanted a cool lightning boy who can stare down hordes of enemies without blinking and vaporize them. And I think we got there. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Fantasize Me. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod. And if you have any suggestions on characters you'd like to fantasize, feel free to email me at FantasizeMePod at gmail.com. And also if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, uh, I will try to get back to you there. But I'm looking for suggestions on things to fantasize. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll do this again next week. Bye. <laughs>